Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? Sports Talk Mississippi, middle of the week, the 7th of February, Wednesday afternoon. Thank you for being with us. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook, the Golden Moon Casino. You know what's just around the corner? Like, blink, and we will be to postseason basketball. The SEC tournament will begin on Tuesday, March 12th. The NCAA tournament, like the games that everybody cares about, not just the Monday-Tuesday games in Dayton, games that everybody cares about will begin on Thursday, March 21st. First-round games, opening-round games, however we're describing them now. And there is no better place on earth to watch March Madness than in a sports book. And you got one right here that is ready and waiting for you. Sportsbook inside the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. Ceasefire text line is open to you. That number is 601-879-4395. Gigabit fiber internet. You can get it to your home. You can get it for your business. Learn more at ceasefire.com. Ceasefire customer inspired. Hello, boys. What's up? Happy Wednesday. What's going on? Middle of the week, sun still shining, mid-60s. Hey, Dad, we have reached the point where it is reasonable to look at the extended forecast for opening day. We're a week and a half away from opening day in Starkville. Are you ready? I'm ready. You, You ready for that? I mean, we know that it's going to be 70 and sunny. We know that without question. We certainly know it for Ole Miss. And look, just because the forecast says 54 and cloudy, it's a mindset. If it's 70 and sunny in your mind, then it is 70 and sunny, okay? 54 and cloudy actually could be a whole lot worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. 54 and cloudy is the 70 and 70 and sunny of mid-February. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it's like the exact same thing. Especially if that yeah. sun pokes through the clouds intermittently, yeah. Yeah. Man, I wish we had the last couple of days weather for uh, opening weekend. Yeah, yeah now that's some, that would be glorious. I don't even mind it when it's like, you know, low 30s in the morning when you walk out the door, when you know that 
64 and sunshine is coming in the afternoon. That is not a bad yeah. way to uh, to go through the day. Um, thanks for being with us this afternoon. We had basketball last night. It started while we were on the air. Um, obviously finished after we went off the air. Um, the, for a while, the news did not get any better for Ole Miss. Remember, we, we were tracking it for the first 10 minutes or so of the game. Ole Miss was shooting at 1.73%, and they were down 13. It was the difference in made threes and made twos. South Carolina pushed the lead all the way to 17? I believe that's right. I couldn't remember if it was 16 or 17. I read somewhere 17. So they pushed the lead to 17 in the second half, and then here come the Rebels. And they got it close, but they couldn't get over the hump. And part of the problem is they couldn't score in the last four minutes of the game. Mm-mm. Ole Miss made just one of its last nine field goal attempts. South Carolina made one of its last seven field goal attempts. And South Carolina closed the game on a three-minute, 47-second scoring drought. They did not score in the last four minutes of the game, and they held on for dear life. Ole Miss looked like a different basketball team in the second half, after about the first five minutes or so. At the half, South Carolina led it 43-31. to Ole Miss outscored them by nine in the second half. Wasn't enough to completely overcome the deficit. Rebels had a shot at the buzzer, and when I say at the buzzer, I really mean with like five seconds left to try and tie the game. Uh, it was not the shot that you wanted. So Matthew Morrell gets a long rebound off of a missed South Carolina three as the shot clock was winding down, and that's with about eight seconds to go. He races into the front court, and you're like, man, they got time to get a good shot. And instead, the shot Morrell took was an off-balance three from about 24 feet on the left wing where he was trying to draw a foul. There was some contact. I don't... I didn't think, you guys may disagree, I didn't think that there was enough contact in that situation to blow the whistle and call a foul on the three-point shooter. Here's what I would say. If you tell me there was enough contact to at any point call a foul there, then you also should call a foul with five seconds left. I just didn't think there was enough contact, especially when it whatever contact was there was kind of initiated by the offensive player. Here's a question I have for you guys, though. And I've thought about this a lot today. Is the right play to try and play for contact on a three-point attempt and get to the free-throw line where you've got to make three free throws? And Matthew Morrell might very well have made three free throws. He did not shoot one in the game. Ole Miss didn't shoot many in the game, only seven free-throw attempts. Is that right? In the game? Yeah. Ole Miss was 5 of 7 from the line. They've made clutch free throws at the end. But is that the right strategy, or is a better strategy to try and get a good look for a 3 to try and tie it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're one of the SEC's leading scorers. Um, But, you know, some of the reaction immediately after the game was, oh, what a stupid decision. Like uh, that. No, it makes sense. It's sound and logic. If you, if you are about to get fouled, if South Carolina is doing the foul up three in the closing seconds thing, then go into a shooting motion and try to get three free throws yes. instead of two. 
Yes. But if you're going to do that, you have to guarantee. You have to know that you are going to get fouled in a way that will be called or else you take a, a really a really bad shot and uh, that, that's the end result. Or, or if they are in the act of fouling you, throw it up and try and get the call. Yeah. But at least it's it sounded like I understand where he was coming from. That That's not the issue. People focusing on that decision, whether it was a foul or not a foul, or should he have done that, should he not have done that, that's not where people need to be focused. It's also not on the, the block on Sharp, which should have been a, a foul call there, too. That should have been called. Um, yeah, hey, Dad, if you watch the replay in slow motion, absolutely he did not touch the basketball. He touched his arm and dislodged the ball. I mean, you can shake your head no, but watch the replay slowly, and you will see that's exactly what happened. But that's not the issue. The officiating wasn't the issue. I think our officials do the best they can, you know. They didn't score. Oh. <laughs> they, they That is so rich coming from you. The, oh, that is so rich. They played poor offense in the final four-plus minutes of the game. That's why they lost. It's not officiating. Yeah, I mean, I think... It, a team doesn't score for four minutes and you can't get the lead. That's on you. That's on you. I mean, and, and were, on top they of that, you, still di- trying to dig you out dug a yourself hole. a 17-point hole yeah. and couldn't climb out of it. I mean, those are those are on Ole Miss, for sure. O- Ole Miss was down 53-36 in the second half. They outscored South Carolina 29-12. to I didn't do that math right. 29-15 the rest of the way. Um, but it wasn't enough, and uh, the the bigger they lose one on the road. Yeah, and you know that loss isn't going to hurt them, and and all that stuff. That's all true. Like that, they're still in fine shape. If they're going to make the tournament, you might look back in March and think, "Ooh, had an opportunity there and blew it," and that could cost them if they don't get the right number of wins or whatever. The more interesting thing in that game is not again, it's not officiating. It's not, you know, couldn't execute down the stretch or whatever. It's, it's none of those things. It's who didn't play. And not who didn't play at all. It's who didn't play in the second half and, and what that meant. Because Chris Beard early in the second half sat two of his starters and did not put them back in the game. And, I, you know, he didn't talk about it in his press conference. Because he clearly he's not a throw-the-players-under-the-bus-in-public coach. But anybody watching that game could tell you that a message was sent to two of his starters that if you are going to give effort like that, you are not going to play. I don't care what the score is or anything like that. And honestly, it was more like three of his starters. Jamin Brakefield played one minute in the second half. Uh, Jalen Murray played six minutes in the second half. And Musa Cisse played five minutes in the second half. That is three starters that combined for 12 second-half minutes in the game. Austin Nunez was on the floor a ton. Jamarian Sharp was on the floor a ton. He played 15 minutes in the second half. Sharp played 15 minutes in the second half. And he was fairly effective. Yeah. and That was after three first-half minutes for Jamarian Sharp. Hey, Dad, sorry, I was overly aggressive there. I feel like crap today. Sorry, I, I'm really sorry. Like that, I, I, I feel terrible, and I, I took it out on you. My bad. Please forgive Apology me. Apology not accepted. You're a ridiculous human being. I'm sorry, man. I didn't, even, was, 
I didn't feel that was totally unnecessary. I didn't feel, I didn't feel attacked. So. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. They're going to sing Kumbaya during the break <laughs> in the Pearl River Resort <laughs> Studio. It's a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Numbers from uh, the game last night for Ole Miss. Morrell had 17 points on 7 of 13 shooting. He made 3 of 5 from 3 and had 9 rebounds. And that is not a guy that has traditionally been a great rebounder of the basketball. Uh, so he did a, a good job there. Uh, 10 points for Juju Murray on 4 of 9 shooting. And that was in 24 minutes. And remember, he only played, what did I say, 6 minutes, 5 minutes in the second half. And... The big night was from Alan Flanagan. Al Flanagan goes for 26 points on 11 of 15 shooting the basketball without a three-point shot attempt. Yeah, he attacked uh, last night, and that's that's his game. The attack in mid-range. I mean, yeah. of those 11, probably eight of them were 15 to seven foot. 15 to 17 foot jump shots. Yeah. And that was his game. Just quick decisive decisions. Don't you're you're not James Harden, and that's okay. Not many people are, but uh, when he got the ball and went downhill, South Carolina couldn't stop him for a long period of time. Yeah. Um you're absolutely right. 74% of Ole Miss's made shots in the game were two-pointers. 56% for uh for South Carolina. Um it was. Uh... It's interesting the the dynamic of what happened because you know in the closing three four minutes when they were getting stagnant offensively, you would probably rather have Juju Murray in the game, but Chris Beard never went back to Murray, and you know maybe it cost him the game or, or maybe it didn't I don't know but the the dynamic of. Seeing, because you can't quantify effort, right? Although them being as bad as they are uh, as a rebounding basketball team, that's an effort stat. Partially, it, it par- partially for sure. Now that they're, you know, people think, oh, well, you have a seven-five guy. Why can't you rebound well? Well, you know, he, he he's not the most athletic guy on the court. There, if he's somebody, also one hundred and eighty pounds, right? If if somebody's Ish. six foot eight and, and bigger and stronger, or bigger, wider and stronger than him, then he'll be a better rebounder than him. But They've got an effort issue on on some things that team does. They have an effort issue defensively at times. They have an effort issue rebounding the basketball. And so when Chris Beard took two of his reliable starters out of the game to play guys that don't get heavy minutes, and suddenly they're starting to get stop after stop after stop, and they're getting rebounds, and they're getting more stops, and they erase a 17-point deficit I'm totally fine with him not going back to the starters at any point. Like, dance with the girl that brought you there for one, but two, if you're not going to give maximum effort, I'm going to keep playing the guys that will. And in the film room, it'll look really bad for you. And now you know that I, being Chris Beard, I am not going to tolerate it. That that was a very interesting personnel decision at the end of last night's game. Yeah, the the bench f- forever 
and I think forever into the future, forever has been and forever will be, the greatest disciplinary tool at the um, there for the usage of a head coach. Minutes, time on the field, time in the lineup. The bench is the greatest tool at the disposal of the head coach for discipline. You want to play? Here's how you're going to play. You don't play this way, you're not going to play. And, and that's what he did. And Chris Beard proved to his team last night, it does not matter who you are. David Brakefield's averaging like 32 minutes a game. And he played one in the second half last night. Murray is averaging over 30 minutes a game. He played, what was it in the second half? Six minutes. And apparently people get annoyed that I reference conversations I have, but I... I do it, and it's just who I am. But I was talking to somebody earlier today about this, and he was like, yeah, but I hated that that Chris Beard sacrificed, possibly sacrificed the game to send a message. And I thought, it doesn't matter. It's a big-picture decision. It is not about what happened last night. It's about what you need to happen on your team moving forward. And you have got to set, you as a coach, you have to set a tone. And if... You're going to allow things to slip for the sake of one win, then nobody's going to buy into what you're selling big picture long term. Porky's referencing conversations again. God, I know it's ridiculous. We try to move forward here. I know. You know I've, it, 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 I've so, gotten some blowback about that. I don't know what happens. Ed. Have you really? Yeah. What? Message boards and Twitter. How dare you try to relate to people? Don't do it. Don't relate to those peasants. I I was thinking it's so easy from where we sit or where we watch to to make the statement that I'm about to make. But going back to the last shot of the game that Matthew Morrell, he's clearly trying to draw a foul. I'm going, hold on a second, you're one of the best scorers in the SEC. You're going 100 miles up the floor. You've got good ball skills and the ability to control your dribble why do you not slam on the brakes, hard jab step, take one dribble back, and in rhythm get an open three on the perimeter? That's really, really easy for me to say from where I sit. It makes sense in my head. It's just like there was so much time left. I know the clock's running. He let that ball go, and there was almost six seconds left. And then South Carolina kind of saves it in bounds underneath and what, 1.3 left, and they inbounded, nothing. It, so anyway, it didn't end well for Ole Miss. And I agree with what you said a second ago. It could be a game that you look at back and you go, oh, oh, you got to find a way to win that one. And Ole Miss has two of those now on the road. Their game at LSU where they played poorly, just played poorly against LSU. And then last night where they played poorly for the first 25 minutes of the game and then played really well for the next 12 minutes, and then just couldn't buy a bucket at the end. I'm not sure that I agree with this message on the ceasefire text line. In my opinion, Flanagan was a victim of his own success. He got the hot hand, and you think you can't miss, which leads to a few bad-slash-terrible shots. How many of the shots that he took were terrible, though? I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, when you face South Carolina... Mark Wise talked about this yesterday. I heard Jimmy Dykes talk about it on the broadcast last night. 
South Carolina does as good a job as anybody in the SEC of staying in front of their opponent when they're defending, staying in front of the ball. And so Flanagan made a bunch of contested shots last night. But you have to make contested shots against a team like South Carolina. What, he had the one where he kind of drove and got into no man's land and hit the underside of the backboard late? That was certainly not the shot that you were looking for. But he played really, really well. So assigning any blame to Alan Flanagan on a night where he goes for 26 with 11 of 15 uh, from the floor seems ill-advised. Active defensively as well, rebounded. I mean, he he played his rear end off. He really did. He really did. And now Ole Miss gets a week. They don't play again until next Tuesday night, six days from now, in Lexington against Kentucky. It was a Kentucky team that looked like the Globetrotters last night against Vanderbilt. I mean, it looked like the Globetrotters and the Washington Generals in the final ten minutes of that game. It's apples to oranges, but the the bye week, quote-unquote, coming at a good time, it's like... You know, you've got LSU on the schedule, but the week before they're in Jordan-Hare. Kentucky's playing Gonzaga this weekend. And you get to sit at home and and relax and put your feet up and get healthy and do all those things and game plan while Kentucky's dealing with Gonzaga. And then they have to turn around and play you healthy and rested on Tuesday. So it's a a good schedule break. If you have to go to Rupp, you'd rather go to Rupp off of a bye weekend where they're playing Gonzaga. You wish it was Gonzaga of old. You do. You, you wish it was not this unranked version of Gonzaga, but it is Gonzaga. Weird scheduling quirk. Uh, Kentucky not taking advantage of its open date in the middle of conference play, instead hosting the Zags at Rupp on Saturday afternoon in Lexington. So that's, Yeah, they're still 16-6. Uh, and six. Yeah, still pretty good, which is the same record that uh, Kentucky has. And Kentucky's got three losses at Rupp this year. Not That's a crazy. cheap ticket on Saturday for uh, for that game in the Bluegrass State. we got basketball coming up tonight. Mississippi State and the Georgia Bulldogs from Humphrey Coliseum. A little bit later start for that ball game. An 8 o'clock tip-off tonight in Starkville. Hey, Dad's going to be getting home late. Are we getting home late? I'm, very, for this I'm happy it's 8 o'clock tip-off. Last couple home games on a Wednesday overlapped with Thunder and Lightning, so... It's go this time. Oh, is that today? <laughs> big guest today, too. Uh, got a big guest, yeah. Who that? Uh, Mississippi State defensive coordinator Coleman Hutzler in his first interview of any kind, to my knowledge, since coming to Starkville. There you go. That's coming up on Thunder and Lightning tonight when we get finished here on Sports Talk Mississippi from 6 until 7. An internet challenge. Mike sends us this, and he says this would cause Haydad to go to jail. We'll tell you what we're talking about when we come back in the Sports Talk Mississippi Pearl River Resort Studios. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
Mike sent us this text, and you may have seen this floating around on the uh, Internet. It's a PGA Tour spoof account. Mike says, hey, Dad would spend a year in the penitentiary. And he sends us the tweet. Here's the tweet. It's a picture of 16 at TPC Scottsdale. TPC Scottsdale, the site of the Waste Management Open, or the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week. And the 16th hole, if you don't immediately have that, like, jar your memory, is the one where it looks like a stadium full of skyboxes has been built that fully encapsulates, fully encircles the hole. It's not a particularly hard golf shot. Depending on where the pin is, it's somewhere between 125, 27, and about 140 yards. Generally speaking, about 135. Here's the tweet. You get 24 hours to hit a hole-in-one at number 16 at TPC Scottsdale, the stadium course, with unlimited attempts. 135 yards, no wind, pin in the middle of the green. If you succeed, you are handed $5 million. If you fail, you are handcuffed and taken straight to jail for a year. Would you take the challenge? That is the question. Both of you would, right? Yep. I would, yes. Yeah, I would not. I mean, I, I got no shot. Even with $5 million hanging in the balance, you're not willing to... It, it, it's just... I mean, yeah, yeah there's just no way. I, 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 don't, I can't swing a golf club well enough to make it happen. I, w- I would never be close. Is there water? There water nope, on the water. No water. There's some cacti. So could I just could I whack the putter a hundred and some odd yards? I don't know. Just keep it on the ground. I don't know. I don't think so. No. I feel like you would, as you took more swings, get into a little bit of a rhythm where you might consistently get the ball in the air. I'm just not sure direction. Be, it would be like kind of a lucky thing worn out too. Win. Yeah, yeah, it would be. So no, I'm gonna I'm not gonna risk it. You know, if you guys win. Yeah, some take me to dinner. Okay, so I'll be fine. Um, Borky, at what point would you begin to get nervous in the process if you had not made one? Like eight hours in. I mean, I, I've played eight you, you hours of golf start... before, and I know physically, like I could hold up. But once I, I started to feel my body deteriorate is when I would start getting concerned. Because you can't hit 24 hours of golf shots. You can't do it. There's got to be some kind it's of rest that Jerry guy there. that. Come on. The, about After about eight hours, I think. I honestly think if I'm hitting the same shot over and over and over, if I don't make a one, if I don't make the hole-in-one, in the first couple of hours, I'm starting to go, this could get a little dicey. Maybe that's pessimistic thinking. And the pressure is going to get you. Like you're saying, once the pressure sets in on you and you're thinking, I may spend the rest of my life in jail, or a year in jail, I'm, I'm, that's, that's going to affect you. I would have that pressure from the first shot. Be like, Brian, why are you out here? You two... Like I said, you'd have a couple hours of confidence, be like, all right, we're almost there. And then it would start to sink in. You're like, oh, no. All right, guys, C Spire text line. C Spire text line. Would you do it? Would you try it? 
Maybe you should specify whether you're actually a golfer or not. Dwayne, because if you're not a golfer and you say you would try it, I don't know if I'm impressed or I think you're dumb. Somebody said, can I take a nap and try again? Yeah, I mean, there are no rules against taking a nap. Oh, You've got 24 hours to make a hole-in-one. And that probably would not be a terrible strategy. Borky, if you if you swing the golf club for six or eight hours and you don't make one, grabbing a two- or three-hour nap, probably not a bad use of your time. Probably not at all. We've got some news. Is it more important than Nick Saban, the college game day, confirmed. Oh. I think that's good. There you go. And he'll be at the NFL draft and at SEC Media Days. Oh, we could have finally get him on. We're getting him. We're getting Saban. Borky, send the emails. He will be more requested than all but, like, three head coaches. Yeah. Like the beacons, Borky. Make it happen. Yeah. I would imagine that he will spend a ton of time at the desk at SEC Media Days. I don't know. Yeah. He'll do some, though. I would imagine he'll do some. People are, I've said this before, but but people are going to see a side of Nick Saban that they didn't know existed. Because a lot of people just kind of look at him as like grumpy football coach and no personality. He's funny. Like he's engaging. And getting him on a TV set, if you haven't seen him in this setting, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you get from Nick Saban. He absolutely has the right personality paired with a depth of football knowledge that you can't even fathom to fit in that format perfectly. You think he'll wear that light gray suit and pink tie that he wore for uh, A-Day every every week on set? I don't know. Possibly. Maybe so. Is, is that uh, the way you think he should go? Should he go like the Craig Sager funny jacket route? No. Yeah, what's his thing going to be? I don't think being a caricature is Nick Saban's thing. I, I don't get that impression. But is he going to have a phrase or, or like a special pen or something? Like, which, like, by the way, like champ kind up there. Whammy! Did you guys know that Lee Corso is invested in number two pencils? Which is why he always has a number two pencil in his hand. It's advertising. Got a lot it, of stock in Ticonderoga. He's got financial stake in him. I was going to ask if it was a specific number two pencil manufacturer. Yeah, he's he's got a financial stake in, what I went with. in pencil manufacturing. That somebody, uh, what was it Alex Kirshner that did a, a long feature on the the friendship between he and Kirk Herbstreet and how that's really just grown and manifested in the the post stroke years of of Lee Corso kind of needing some help to get through broadcast. But that was an anecdote, and the story was when he's doing the not so fast, my friend, with his with his pencil. That was product placement. He was doing that to to advertise for the pencils he was invested in. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. That's great. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. So a couple of topics there. Your thoughts on Nick Saban to College Game Day and ESPN as a college football analyst. And also, would you take that challenge? 135 yards, middle of the green, no wind, 24 hours to make a hole-in-one. You make it, you get $5 million. 
you do not make it, and you go to jail for a year. Somebody says, the question is, Richard and Borky, since you all play a lot of golf, how many holes in one have you ever made from 135 out? Zero. The percentage, I think, are way against you. There are pros that have that don't have one. Yeah. But. You, you don't have an ace? I, I have not. I have never made one. Okay. My dad has one. I've eagled from the fairway. Now I have made so the 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 guy on uh, that that played on the simulator, the the barstool guy Jersey Jerry is that his name yeah, something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. I have made a hole in one on a par three course on the simulator on the TrackMan simulator before have done that, but in terms of an on a golf course actual no I have not. Um, so that's said, only four shots around if you think about it. From different, from varying distances as well. Yeah, so I said I'm a golfer, and in 24 hours hitting the same shot at 135 yards with my sand wedge, I'm going to get lucky once. Is the bigger story here that you're hitting your sand wedge 135? Yeah, you're not hitting a sand wedge from 135, Bryson DeChambeau on the text line. I, uh, I'm probably hitting smooth nine iron or a hard pitching wedge. But for this, for this exercise... I'm going to club up and hit 9-iron. Yeah, just a little knockdown. Just make sure you have a consistent swing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hit my 54-degree wedge 100 yards, and I hit my 58-degree about 85 yards. I'm, I'm not hitting a sand wedge 135. I know that. Um, I do it. I'm 28, and I've played golf since I was around 13 and have made two holes in one in my life so far. Okay. I like it. Um, what jail do I have to go to? It's a good Re- question. It's a reasonable question. That's a good question. Also, if, you get, if it's just like federal, you know, an easy federal, you know, tennis court prison, I might take the challenge. If I got to go to Parchman, no, I'm out. Dude, Somebody the- says, I've been to jail once. No way I'm risking it. Appreciate the honesty. <laughs> I'd like to hear That's the more other about side that. of the guy with two holes in one. That's the other side of that argument. We get a heck no. We get another no. Somebody says no way, not a golfer. Ugh, Richard better keep one eye open when you go to jail. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving you. They're in Richland on 51 North and in Brandon, 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Just call 601-605-4443 for all of your glass needs. Outside of some minor delays in Rankin County, southbound Lakeland at Vine Drive. We're looking pretty good elsewhere. No other wrecks or breakdowns causing any delays. The next time you need roof repair or replacement, call Patriot Roofing at 601-940-0605 or visit patriot-roofing.com. If recent hailstorms have invited lurk the leak into your home, call the experts at Watkins Construction and Roofing to find out what is lurking in your roof. Our rapid response roof team will be on top of your roof as soon as the next business day with a complimentary, honest assessment of your roof's condition and offer solutions to keep your home and family safe. Say goodbye, lurk the leak. Call Watkins Construction and Roofing today at 601-966-8233 or visit losetheleak.com. What do you have to lose but your leak? See how Mississippi conquered the world with the guitar. 
February 10th through May 11th, the America at the Crossroads exhibit brings 40 amazing guitars to the max in downtown Meridian, featuring instruments that Mississippi bluesmen like Robert Johnson and B.B. King made famous. See how the blues became rock and roll and how Mississippi shaped America's music six strings at a time. Rock on at the max, the Mississippi arts and entertainment experience. In 1920, John Albritton Sr. opened Albritton's Jewelry in downtown Jackson. With an expertise in watchmaking from his time with the Illinois Central Railroad, John not only sold but serviced pocket and dress watches for his fellow Mississippians. Albritton's has maintained that tradition to this day, with two full-time watchmakers on staff that are capable of repairing all major watch brands. Albritton's also offers a vast collection of fine watches built to fit any lifestyle. From dress styles and gold and stainless steel to sporty selections and carbon fiber, Albritton's has the watch for you. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen Albritton's as their fine watch store. Quality and value go hand in hand at Albritton's, Albritton's Jewelers. Gallo here for Baroni's Tree Pros. My friends at Baroni's Tree Pros put customer satisfaction as the only way to leave a job. Nothing less than the best service you'll find in the industry on tree removal, tree pruning, stump grinding, debris cleanup. You got questions? Baroni's Tree Pros will give you a plan, time frame, and budget that's perfect for you. Free estimate at 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. Or it's online at baroniestreepros.com. Don't stop planning for your future. Don't stop investing in your kids' education. Don't stop dreaming of that new home. And don't stop growing your business. Whatever you're passionate or dreaming about, don't stop. Because when you have a bank you can trust, you have the confidence to take on tomorrow. Speak with a Trustmark associate today for advice on achieving your goals. Trustmark. People you trust. Advice that works. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Jerry, was that a bird? No, just folks banging on the C Spire store window. I bet they heard we have iPhone 15 Pro. Look, more people and my grandma. Your grandma's fierce. Get the gift you really wanted. iPhone 15 Pro at C Spire. Made with titanium and featuring the most advanced iPhone camera system yet. Get it on us with trade-in. C Spire. Customer inspired. Requires purchase of 36 months device payment plan and new line activation on eligible wireless service plan. CCSpire.com for detail. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Suggestion on the ceasefire text line that you could simply get affiliated to survive in jail. And he says face tats aren't bad for radio. Yeah. Although we're doing all this video streaming and stuff now. I, I mean, I can just get yeah, on my right side and never look left and, and hide it. Hmm. Teardrop right there. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, hey, I need to know more. Uh, no wind, but what are the other conditions? Soft greens? Are they firm? Is it birdie cut? 
wants to know if the five million is tax free. I told him he was out thinking the exercise. He said there's a big penalty named Tyrone potentially waiting for me in jail. I need all the details up front. And are are the balls cleared off the green? With apologies, yeah, to and the I, Tyrones that's, out there. That, it, it that's got to be. A, you got to have that. Like every there's somebody out there clearing up for you after each shot. Yeah, because a sweeper a carom going the wrong way. Yeah, you know, I mean it's just you know you don't want to play hole in one plinko. No, no, gosh, no. Although it might work to your advantage. Yeah, but after a few hundred, it could. Yeah, at some point there's no there's no green left. Yeah, I had a friend years and years and years ago who found himself in a uh, a city to our south in a state to our east. Um, I, I will be sufficiently vague with that. And um, he got lost. I believe he had been there for a wedding. And so he was in his wedding clothes, not a tuxedo, but a guest at the wedding, so full suit. And he got lost, and he got frustrated. And he decided to kick over a landscape light in kind of a public area, not knowing that there was a police officer close by. And so he was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. And there might have been another charge that was uh, was related. And he was taken to the, uh, the local jail in said city and said, uh-huh. he, he said, I didn't know what to do. They took the shoestrings out of his shoes before they put him in the, in the clink. They took his tie off, so he's wearing a suit with no tie, and he's got dress shoes on with no laces. And when they closed the door, he just stood there for a second, and the other residents were looking at him, and he said, I just decided to go crazy. And so he started yelling and screaming, and he punched the wall a bunch of times, and this is for about a minute or so. And finally he turned around and just looked at everybody else and he sat down. And he sat there by himself and all of a sudden another resident walked over and said, man, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Nobody going to mess with you. They think you're crazy. <laughs> and then he sat Makes there sense, and he right? waited uh, until someone came to... Uh, liberate him so it was a fairly quiet ride home back to uh prison back to the state of mississippi yeah that is a very important factor here is which what style of prison are you going to that's important to know Mm. because out of curiosity I, i looked up like celebrities that have gone to jail like martha stewart and people like that and like the kind of accommodations that they had in prison and there are some prisons out there that, buddy, I kind of want to hang out in for a little while. Seem kind of nice. Dwayne and Brandon says, if it's Angola, I'm out. <laughs> Probably a good call. Uh, good call. Can we do this on the show? Could we do? Could we do, do some what? sort of a three-hour hole-in-one challenge on the show with some sort of 
interesting stakes. Obviously, there's not going to be a check waiting for you for $5 million. I mean, but also, you're not going to have to go to jail if you don't succeed. I mean, if you want to set up a thing with Dancing Rabbit, we'll have to get there early, but yeah. Or closest to the pin. I mean, if the ball doesn't go in the hole, there still can be a winner declared. We did the putting challenge, and you only beat me by one. Well, but the problem with doing it at Dancing Rabbit is, one, you're going to leave a lot of ball marks on a green. And two, I don't think they're going to close the course for us to do this. I mean, there are other groups that are going through, so that could be a bit of an issue. I don't know. I don't know. We just let everybody play through. I I can, well, I mean, that would kind of eat into your time a little bit. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. If we want, if we want to do this on a simulator during the show, and our bosses will sign off on it, I got us. We, we, we got the setup. I got a couple of options actually. We one hundred percent can do this. Ooh, end of June when there's really nothing going on. So, like the whole show is. All right, so there's two of us on the mic. One go takes takes his shot. We're just sort of talking about it, and then next guy puts on the mic, and the next guy goes and takes his shot, and we're just sort of, you know, we don't unless until we get the hole in one. No, we don't have all three of us on the air at the same time. Right. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. We'll be back with you right after this. Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. And we are six, seven weeks from that being one of the most spectacular pieces of real estate on planet Earth. When the azaleas pop on the azaleas course at Dancing Rabbit, it is as gorgeous a place as you will find anywhere. And guess what? You can play the golf course anytime, but you certainly can play it during that window. All you got to do is go to dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can book your tee time or plan your trip today. Dancing Rabbit Golf, part of Pearl River Resort. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you. Love for you to be part of the conversation on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. C Spire is customer-inspired. Dwayne and Brandon says, golf challenge. Okay, Borky wins, he gets an air fryer. If Haydad wins, he gets outside lights. Oh, Dwayne. Richard already has everything if he wins. I got $500 just to watch Brian hit balls for a solid hour. I could see some interesting things happening. 
Do I get the $500? We can make that happen today. No, but I, I do think there is an opportunity for us to uh, do this and tie it to a uh, very deserving charitable organization. Maybe even a couple. Might might tie it to a couple of charities. Um, let's see here. So Mississippi State and Georgia coming up tonight in Starkville. Hey, Deb. I have, we have said big game for Mississippi State. But the truth is, this is a massive game for both Mississippi State and Georgia. Currently, Mississippi State is in the field of 68, according to Joe Lenardi. And Georgia is in the under consideration category when you look at what they are. This is a game of national consequence tonight, but it's also a game, Mississippi State trying to protect the home floor, Georgia trying to get one in the road, which has proven to be so incredibly difficult tonight, or uh, all season, in the uh, in the SEC. I, I'm, I'm selling hard here. Mississippi State's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this game tonight at home against the Georgia Bulldogs. State will be without D.J. Jeffries, we think. As far as we know, yeah, I, I would expect that. Yes, we and also probably without Trey. And I'm not sure on Trey Fort, but we, we there hasn't been anything one way or the other on him. That they are without Trey Fort as well. Mm-hmm. Talk and to me, my man. Still, and still without Keyshawn Murphy, as far as I know, as well. Although yeah. it's not, it's not an injury issue. Um, you're, you're right. I mean, if you watched the Ole Miss game last night, they they put up the uh, the list of of where teams are in the bracketology, and Georgia was under considered. Well, a quad one road win is a great way to go from being considered to being, you know, on the bubble or or, or wherever you want to put them. Uh, So, yeah, it's a big game for both teams. But for State, these next three games are all must-win. They simply can't drop any of them, uh, I I don't think. You you have the home game with Georgia, and then you have two games against the worst two of the worst teams in the conference. And I never thought I'd be saying that about Arkansas. I didn't really think I'd be saying about Missouri after the year they had a season ago, but those two teams are just not good this year. You can't afford to lose those games. So, State is shorthanded. Uh, they're going to have to really rely on Tolu Smith and Josh Hubbard, I think. Uh, and then, as has been the case in the games they've played well, you know, they played well against Auburn, obviously got the win. I thought they played well enough against Ole Miss, to just, you know, some turnovers and some, some key stops by the Rebels. But, they, they were able to get their role players involved. Shaq Moore, Cam Matthews, Deshaun Davis, Sean Jones. Those guys, somebody else has got to show up tonight, be in the double figures with uh, with Tolu and with uh, with Hubbard to give State a chance to, to beat a, a Georgia team that's, that's definitely going to show up confident after what Alabama. I mean, State's on a two-game losing streak. They're gonna, Georgia's going to come in here thinking they can get the win. And uh, if State plays poorly, they can get the win. ESPN Analytics gives Mississippi State a 77% chance to win the ball game. Vegas has staggering odds in this game. Not only an 8.5-point favorite for Mississippi State, but if you want Mississippi State on the money line, which is just to win the game outright at home, your odds are minus 400, which means you have to bet $400 just to win 100. Georgia, on the other hand, is plus 310 on the money line. So if you happen to think that Georgia is actually going to win this game outright, 
probably not a bad idea to sprinkle just a just a little bit of cash on the money line at plus three ten. Those are great odds. Georgia is scoring seventy six and a half points per game, but they're giving up seventy four a game. Mississippi State is scoring seventy four a game, but they're only giving up sixty eight a game. Mississippi State is clearly the better defensive team in this game tonight. But I think Georgia is a more a more well-rounded offensive team. And one of the matchups that you'll watch is the the big men inside. And that means uh Chiwa for uh, Georgia, Russell Chiwa, who is a 7-footer and not a not a small 7-footer. He weighs 275 pounds. Matched up with, with Tolu Smith down low. She was shooting it at a high clip. He's averaging seven rebounds per game. Averaging less than a block per game, though. He's going to have his hands full tonight with Tolu Smith. Yeah, this is not a uh, a great rebounding team for Georgia. I mean, they're, they are they are getting out-rebounded on the season by a couple of boards a game. So State, you know, being the more physical team will probably can go a long way for them. Um, so, we'll, you know, and... The lineups they're going to put out there, I mean, with, with DJ Jeffries out, who's definitely more of, of a finesse type of player, although he's a very good defensive player, you know, with, with Tolu, with Cam, uh, you, you may see some more of Jimmy Bell tonight. Th- those are going to be physical lineups. So I think that, that bodes well for Mississippi State. They should be able to hopefully enforce their will a little bit on Georgia in this game. In SEC-only games, Georgia is the 12th-ranked shooting team in the conference, and they are 10th in field goal defense. Mississippi State is 8th overall in shooting and 4th in field goal defense. In terms of three-point shooting, Georgia's 5th in the country, conference games only, shooting 35%. Mississippi State's 12th at 31%. Three-point defense, though, we continue to harp on this. Mississippi State leading the SEC in conference games only, allowing opponents to shoot just under 29% from three. And Georgia's fifth in the league at about 32%. So I think just some of the numbers going into uh, into this matchup tonight. So big. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big game. Should be a good atmosphere. Should be a good crowd. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to sell out, you know, 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. That's, a tough, yeah. that's tough for anybody. It doesn't matter how good your team is or whatever. Um, but I do think it'll be a good, excited crowd. State breaking out the gray jerseys for the first time in, uh, I think four or five years. So, uh, really, I, I'm not a super big uniform guy, but these are pretty cool. Gray with gray shorts in the state script across that in maroon. I think they look pretty sharp. So, should be a fun night. First thousand Georgia- students in the doors get a uh, replica jersey. That's cool. I wonder if Georgia will go, yeah. if Georgia will wear white or if they will just go darker, like either red or black. I think if you wear, I think if the home team wears gray, the, the the other team has to wear color, right? They, I don't think you can wear white and gray. I could be wrong. I would think the contrast between white and those gray would be mm. more than the Maybe contrast. It's enough. But, yeah. Anyway. If it's red, though, I mean. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, all right, here's Joe Lunardi on the SEC right now. Currently nine teams from the SEC in with one bubble team. He's got Tennessee as a two-seed and the number five overall. So Tennessee flirting with a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. 
Alabama is a three. Auburn is a four. By the way, Alabama and Auburn meet tonight at Neville Arena on the Plains. Kentucky is a five. South Carolina as a six. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and Florida all as ten seeds. Mississippi State currently one of the last four in. And Georgia under consideration. He's got them at number 89 overall. So that's like last four out, next four out, next four out. They kind of fall into that group. So Georgia certainly needs to take advantage of what would be a quad one road opportunity for them. And uh, Mississippi State trying to get one at home tonight at Humphrey Coliseum. Sports Talk Mississippi, we got plenty more with you this afternoon. We're back after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Intentionally have a golf theme today. This all spawned from the uh, the message Mike sent us on the uh, hole in one challenge. But uh, Tiger announcing today that he is going to be playing host at the Genesis Invitational next week. He's committed to next week's Genesis, Genesis Invitational. For his com- first competitive rounds in 2024, announced that uh, on social media. Said, exciting to be playing host next week. Does that mean he is a playing host or he is playing the role of host? Are we misconstruing his words or is he actually playing in the golf tournament? Everybody took it as playing, comma, hosting tournament. Okay. Hadn't corrected it yet so yeah uh next week at riviera so he'll be at hogan's alley that's one of the golf courses that he absolutely loves and so it makes sense and uh there's a sponsorship tie-in there as well of course it was am i crazy wasn't it following that event where he had the horrific car accident a couple of years ago isn't that right borky i think you're right yeah. yeah. He's supposed to play with Drew Brees that day. Hmm. Um, speaking of, speaking of, hey, Dad, another bone for you? Yes. On this Make day, it. Make it happen. 14 years ago, Manning in the shotgun puts Collie in motion. Looks in his direction. It's picked <laughs> off! It's picked off! It's Tracy Porter again! He's running free! He's going to go all the way! Hand outstretched! It is a Saint touchdown! 70 yards on the return! 70 yards on the return by Porter! 
He did it to Favre, and now he's done it to Manning. Now, I'm going to tell you what, Tracy Porter knew that route was coming and jumped it, and Peyton Manning threw it right to him. He was the only guy left out there to tackle Tracy Porter, and Porter ducks to the inside, got that big break when you needed it. Gosh, Almighty, how fortunate are the Saints to come up with those huge plays Richard, you need to drop more gosh amighties in, in your commentary. Just being honest with you. But every now and then, things like that will happen. 14 years ago. Never take it away, man. 14. They can never take it away. Years ago. There's There's two clubs in the NFL, and you're either in or you're out. My team's in. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Hey, did I feel like uh, if I drop Goshamati into my uh, or Goshamati into my play-by-play from time to time, mm-hmm. people would say that's uh he just can't get away from Hotty Toddy. I mean, you know. Ah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I don't. I don't think. Uh, think I can go down that road. Name. Um, good call. Good call. Name the the teams, the franchises, without looking it up. That have never won a Super Bowl. The Lions. There's 12. The I'll give you the number. There's 12. The Lions, the Browns, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Panthers, the Bengals, the Vikings, the Cardinals, the Chargers. So you've got nine of don't, 12. Don't, don't say anything. Don't say anything. The Titans. Um, the Dolphins have one. The Bills. You're missing. I, mean, I got one left, right? You get one left. The Falcons. Yep. Let's save the worst for last. That was pretty well done, hey, Dad. Thank you. Twelve-part trivia question, and you nailed it. Yeah, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, which is not exactly fair because they're younger, and Jacksonville have never been. Yeah. Detroit has been the only team that they've been in the league. Every year there's been a Super Bowl, and they've never been to the Super Bowl. That's that's pretty rough. Yeah. Minnesota, Buffalo have been four times, obviously without a win. Cincinnati, three. Panthers, two. Falcons, two. And then the rest with one or zero. And not only did Buffalo get to four Super Bowls, they got to four consecutive Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is still... I mean, you cannot help but feel bad for Buffalo fans. Yeah. I truly do. Yeah. That fan base is battered. Because what would you rather be? And I think the answer is Buffalo. But would you rather be a fan base that, that get that got there and didn't win or doesn't get there? Like, what's more heartbreaking? Would you rather be a Buffalo fan or a Detroit fan is the question? You'd rather be a Buffalo fan. They've had far more success. People have that debate, though, is would you rather get beat by 50 in a meaningful game or lose on a last-second shot? Because if you get beat down, there's no what-if or this if this one play goes differently and it makes it more heartbreaking. Whereas if you get beat on a last-second three, that that ingrate that one shot, the pain of that yeah, happening make, all at you can once. You make that question real. Would you rather be TCU and play in a national championship game and get beat by 60 or just not get there? 
Of no, course you'd rather get there. Rather, but, be, rather be TCU. Yeah, I altered the question, though. Would you rather be TCU or would you rather lose on a last-second field goal? Get there and get beat badly or get there oh. and lose on a last-second field goal? I'd be like a cow in the uh, in the meat packing. Just put the nail in my head early. Just just get it over with. Go down twenty one nothing in the first quarter. And be like, all right, we had a good run, but to, to take it all the way to the final seconds and then have it ripped away from you, no. Yeah, but TC, Which, I mean, what, them losing by a touchdown to Georgia last year, like two years ago. I mean it. Mm-hmm. It would be, it would legitimize them having been there as opposed to. You or Borky going, yeah, but did TCU really play for a national championship? Borky does that. Don't say that to me. I'm the one always like, they played for a national title. What's worse, by the way? What do I do? You you always like, did they really play for a national title? I'm joking. Yeah, they played. They beat Michigan to get there. They absolutely earned getting there. So which of these scenarios worse? Lose on a last-second field goal because the other team made the field goal? Or lose on the last second field goal because your team missed the field goal. Oh no, I would much rather the other team make it. Yeah, make them make it. You you have the le- you had the lead with. I understand. No, almost no time left, and you give it away. Yeah, I think you're. I, I think you're right. But gosh, it would be like, you know, everybody in the stadium. In, in like, that just scenario, push it that way. In that scenario, the other team took it. Right. I mean, okay. Yeah. So so would 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 you if you're let's go back to Buffalo. Let's go back to ninety one with Buffalo against the Giants in Super Bowl 25. If you're a Bills fan, would you have rather the Giants kicked a game-winning field goal to lose that game or see your guy miss what would have been a game-winning field goal? That's a good question. I already want to pick up and throw Blake Groupie into the Mississippi River as it is, so him missing a field goal to win a Super Bowl would... (laughs) Just makes it better for you, yeah. I think it's far it's easier to live with getting beat than giving it away. I agree with mm. that. Because yeah. there's a tip your cap element, hey, you got me, as opposed like, to I got myself. What What if What if you're going to kick the game-winning field goal and God shows up and pushes it back out onto the field? How do you feel about that? Because let me tell you, that's not a fun feeling to live with. It was a perfect well, kick. I mean, at least you know where you stand. I guess, yeah. You you you've either got to do some some major work to uh, t- toward redemption or <laughs> accept your lot in life. Hey, Dad. Sorry. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I just yeah, yeah. Um, there was really really big media. News yesterday. Now, this is not like one of those weird, trumped-up media stories, a story about the media because, you know, Fox did something wrong, or did you hear what they said on the debate show where it's a trumped-up story? This is actual news about the way we consume our sports. Maybe revolutionary news. This could change everything. You know what we're talking about? You may. If you don't, stay tuned. We'll tell you about it coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow them on all of their social media channels, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Visit Oxford MS.
Lots going on this spring, including the Double Decker Arts Festival. You can read all about it online at DoubleDeckerFestival.com or visit OxfordMS.com. We've got more coming up with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, the John Bond text of the day comes in for you today. All right. Sorry, John. I'm sorry. No, he says, tell Haydad we're all good. It wasn't the hand of God. It was the breath of Satan. <laughs> I, 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 there we go. There we go, John. Thank you. Good, good to know. All right. <laughs> Have you heard the details on this? ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery have reached uh, an agreement in principle on terms to form a new joint venture to build an innovative new platform to house a compelling streaming sports service. Those are those are big press release words. The platform will bring together the company's portfolios of sports networks, certain direct-to-consumer sports services and sports, including content from all of the major professional sports leagues. I'll tell you those in a second. It will aggregate content to offer fans an extensive, dynamic lineup of sports content aiming to provide a new and differentiated experience to serve sports fans. The channels would include ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, SEC Network, ACC Network, ESPN News, ABC, Fox, FS1, FS2, Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, True TV, and ESPN+. Here are some of the key highlights. ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers would form a new joint venture to develop, launch, and operate the streaming sports bundle of linear networks and certain direct-to-consumer sports content. Each entity would own one-third of the joint venture, have equal board representation, and license their sports content to the joint venture on a non-exclusive basis. The service would have a brand, uh, a new brand with an independent management team. You have quotes from the bigwigs at all three networks. Uh, Lachlan Murdoch's was my favorite. He said, we're pumped to bring the Fox Sports portfolio to this new and exciting platform and some other stuff. Bob Iger and David Zaslav from uh, Walt Disney and Warner Brothers Discovery, they just had, like, corporate mumble-jumble in their quotes. So I won't bore you with those. More details, including pricing, will be announced at a later date. That's important. So here's what you're going to get. The NFL and the UFL for professional football the NBA and the WNBA, 
Major League Baseball, hockey, college sports, thousands of games and events, multiple sports across nearly two dozen conferences, including the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, SEC, and 40 NCAA championship events. Those are all ESPN productions. The the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments, the college football playoff, in golf you get the PGA Tour, the PGA Championship, the Masters, and TGL, which is the forthcoming golf league that Tiger and Rory and others are behind. Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and the Australian Open. They named some cycling races, but the Tour de France isn't in there, so whatever. The FIFA World Cup, U.S. Soccer, the NWSL MLS, or NWSL and NLS, La Liga, Bundesliga, UEFA, and CONCACAF, UFC and top-ranked boxing, Formula One, NASCAR, and 24 Hours of Le Mans. And a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. So... One of the answers is NBC. So there's one. Is there anything missing? CBS? CBS isn't in there. Yeah, so you still have to have CBS and NBC if you want all your NFL. But that gets um, solved by a one-time purchase of a very cheap HD antenna. It plugs right into the back of your TV. You hang it behind your TV and it picks up those channels for you. Or if you have Paramount which people are going to keep because there's there's other stuff on there. So what would you be willing what, what are you willing to pay for this? I'm cheating. I saw an estimate that said it would be roughly $50 a month I'm paying it because I can cancel my cable package, which isn't that much more expensive than than that anyway, but it's gone. It's gone. So I don't you, need you, it. You you watch nothing other than sports on your television. I, I mean, I will occasionally on big political days pull up a, a, a news network, but I can stream that on their website now. Uh, but, I mean, it's that simple. So if that estimate is correct, I'll be their first customer. Hey, Dad, what would you pay for it? I mean, I'd pay the 50 bucks a month. They, they, I mean, you know, the... the, the the, like, the I'm not being flippant when I say this. Like, wh- whatever they charge, I'm going to pay. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only issue I have is, you know, there are other people in my house that aren't just locked into sports, but we'd figure something out. Would I drop YouTube TV? I would drop Hulu. But, but I mean... It's different when you've got, you know, I've got a four-year-old. He he, he watches whatever I put on TV, basically. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that yet where, where he's got real, like, actual, this needs to exist in the house or else. Yeah. Um, but this I, is incredible. I mean, I, I was reading about this, and th- there was a thought that this is the, the final – like the final stand to fight off the Netflix and Amazons of the world. That th- these companies realize fighting against each other is a losing battle because they're not 
the real enemy. Fox and ESPN are uh, compete against each other, but there's a bigger, badder competition with more money elsewhere. And so are we going to fight each other and end our products, or are we going to band together and fight the real enemy, which is, again, Amazon, Netflix, etc., etc., over there? And I thought that was a really interesting point, that maybe they're all realizing if we don't band together, they're going to just pick us off one by one. Hmm. Because if Amazon wants to get in sports, how do you beat them? How, how does ESPN or Fox beat Amazon? Or, or Apple. Yeah, or Apple. Or Google. Um, I mean, I think the answer is you don't. Because those... Now look, those companies are not in the business of losing money. They have massive cash reserves. Massive cash reserves. They can buy whatever they want to. But if it was a slam dunk, wouldn't they already be in these businesses? Or did they need streaming platforms to continue to grow? I uh, I, I don't know the answer to that. I feel like the NFL playoff game on the Peacock should open the eyes of people that work at the other, the aforementioned Amazon, et cetera, that, hey, when Amazon's already in the NFL, and those games do extremely well. Yeah, with bad games and a play-by-play announcer that doesn't seem to care to be there. Yeah. Somebody said, I'm so glad we replaced cable bills for 96 different streaming packages. Yeah. I mean, if you thought it was going to be cheaper... Yeah, not really. Kind of, kind of turns out to be what it was before. This is a good text. What would the regular guy pay for it? You're in sports for a living. I'm comfortable paying about twenty, and I watch all major games on College Football Weekend. I watch my team and maybe the other top game. I'm not watching baseball on a Tuesday night. Mm. But if with, you currently with most have streaming cable, services, with with most streaming services, you can get in and out. Right. right. I mean, you can you can subscribe and be a subscriber during football season, and then you can drop it, you know, after that. If there's no content that's for you for the rest of the year, that's usually how it works. I, I don't know if they're making you sign long term contracts on these. My my guess would be no. Somebody asked in the uh, in the text line, "Is March Madness included?" That's CBS. Well, they in the release they said the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments were included. Okay. Does Warner Brothers Discovery I mean, own CBS? I don't know. I mean, you think about it, the tournaments usually on like on TNT and TBS and True TV. We're getting we're almost a month away from where's True TV uh, season, but CBS is where you get you know most of the games past the uh, the first two rounds. So I don't know. Um, CBS and Time Warner each own 50% of CBS Corporation. So there it is. So there it is. This is fascinating. Because, tr- because True TV and TBS and TNT are under the same umbrella. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We're back with you right after this. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. with you on this Wednesday afternoon at Coral River Resort Studios alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for joining us today. I guess we went too much into detail. Um, the full press release about uh, Nick Saban joining ESPN, primarily going to serve as a uh, an analyst on College Game Day, joining the team of Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet and... Desmond Howard and Lee Corso and Pat McAfee and hundreds of others, it feels like at times. Is he replacing anybody or are they just adding another chair to the desk? They're just adding him. It'll it'll be interesting to see how much longer Lee Corso goes. I mean, this feels like ultimately the replacement for Lee Corso. Yeah. Um... For his part, Nick Saban said ESPN and College Game Day have played such an important role in the growth of college football, and I'm honored to have the opportunity to join their team. I'll do my best to offer additional insights and perspectives to contribute to College Game Day, the ultimate Saturday tradition for college football fans. Jimmy Pitaro at ESPN said Nick Saban is a singular iconic presence in college football. He's also an extremely gifted communicator who will immediately add even more credibility, authority, and entertainment value to ESPN, including our esteemed College Game Day show. It's interesting to me, Borky, that the first thing you went to was the entertainment value. You're convinced yeah. that um, we're going to see a lighter side of Nick Saban. But uh, a lighter side, but also paired with uh, expertise, right? That that show, I mean, I've said it before, I, I love College Game Day, uh, and I know what people say about it now, and they're right. I just I start every Saturday with College Game Day because it's what I've done for as long as I can remember. I mean, college football has been my life since I was a kid. It's what my dad and I bonded over. And every Saturday, we would wake up, he'd get his coffee, and we'd sit and we'd watch a little bit of college game day before we'd go to the Furman game or whatever. It was always part of my life. And so it's still part of my life to this day. But it stinks right now. It really it stinks right now. And, and Nick Saban's got a really good, like light personality. He's actually kind of a funny guy. But that is going to get paired with really good analysis. And that show... Needs that it's very stale and and like routine and and they've gotten away what's made it great. I think people are going to be really pleasantly surprised with the personality that comes with the the football brilliance of Nick Saban. I'm really excited about this. I think he can inject some life, which is weird to say because he just retired, citing old age into this show. I know everybody doesn't love him, Patrick McAfee or Patrick, maybe he is Patrick. Pat McAfee is not everybody's speed. But I thought his permanent injection into the show 
was the biggest shot of uh, shot of adrenaline that the show that College Game Day has had in a really long time. And I do like him. And I know state. people don't, but I do like him. I think he yeah. was uh, a big help too. They, they they may need to just cycle off some personalities. I mean, I know who I'd put at the top of the list, but that's just a personal opinion. And you know, it, it kind of feels like let's get rid of the the guys that don't add anything to the show. It feels like they're going through the motions a little bit, and they've gotten away from, you know, we're at James Madison. Here's what makes James Madison great. Instead, they're just doing like a national show from this location as opposed to they're doing the show centered around that location. Like, here's the heart of college football. It feels like they're doing a studio show just with people in the background. I would love also, I mean, I know part of college game day, and and maybe the big part of college game day is features, right? I mean, you've got, you got Marty Smith doing a feature, or you've got Jen Latta doing a feature, or you know the the other the other woman that they answered uh, added a couple of years ago, whose name I can't remember. I'm not being disrespectful; I just can't remember her name. She does like the crowd interaction stuff and an occasional feature that goes along with it. And the features are great. I mean, I think we all used to love Tom Rinaldi making us cry. Or Gene Wojciechowski making us think. I really would like it if College Game Day would go back into diving a little deeper into the games that we're actually going to see that day. And instead of just behind the scenes with Coach Prime. What what if we break down the games? Like really break them down. And only because, the ones that have playoff implications, though. Those are the only ones we can break down. We can't can't do anything else. At least we have more of those. Maybe that'll force them to talk about more. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so. But that show doesn't need to be just about the college football playoff. That is the show that needs to be a celebration of college football. Now, they might tell me, Richard, sorry, buddy. We're looking at the numbers, and they're better than they've ever been. Well, okay. And stick with your focus groups, and that's fine. I just, I feel like there is more, with, with that group of analysts on set, and I realize that not every single one of them actually have the ability to analyze things in an, inten- in a, an intelligent way. we got you, your lead college football analyst on set in Kirk Herbstreet, and now you've got the greatest college football coach in the history of the game on set. You can dive a little deeper and do it in a smart, fun way. We'll be back. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Five o'clock hour with you. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you. That number is 601-879-4395. We're going to start the five o'clock hour today for the college football fix driven by Ford with a, uh, a visitor, a guest on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. We continue our series of former players here in the state of Mississippi who are getting ready for the draft. And today we will visit with former 
Yeah, it's hard to say. Former Ole Miss defensive end Isaac Ukwu was with Ole Miss for one year, arrived uh, prior to the start of fall camp last year after transferring from uh, James Madison and uh, had a successful season with the Ole Miss football team. Isaac, thanks so much for some time this afternoon. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be on. Absolutely. So so let's just dive in a little bit and talk first about this past season and then what you're doing to get ready for the draft and what that process has uh, has been like for you. So you, you go into the transfer portal, you make that decision, you end up in Oxford. How, how did the decision play out? How did it come to be? Um, so I really, initially I really hopped in the portal because I wanted to challenge myself and play at the top level of competition. And in my mind, that was the SEC. And I had already been at my, oh, at JMU for a number of years. And I just thought it was time to move on and, and try a, a different, a different scenery, change of location. So that's why I decided to, to hop in the transfer portal. And then once I did, uh, a couple of teams reached out to me, like the moment I, I hopped in there. And like my phone was ringing nonstop for like the first two days that I was in the portal, so it was really, it was really a a, a stressful but also a cool um, situation when I first hopped in the portal. And then um, from there, I was just planning visits, taking visits, and it, it was just a lot of everything was going really, really fast. Forgive me, I I gotta ask you a question about James Madison. Um, those of us who are not from that part of the country, I'm not sure that we appreciate how passionate that fan base is. We've gotten a couple of glimpses of it when College Game Day has uh, uh, has gone to to JMU, and it looks like it is an incredible scene with a great fan base. What was that experience like for you at JMU? I mean, it, it was the greatest time ever, honestly. Like, I have nothing bad to say about JMU. The fans were amazing. The area was amazing. The school itself was amazing. The students, like, it, it, it has a special place in my heart and it forever will. Like, it's just, there's just something about it. You got to go there to experience it, but, um, it's just a lot of love there. Uh, a lot of passionate football fans, as you can see with all the game days and stuff. And they just love seeing us do well and win on and off the field. So it's just, it's just a magical place, honestly. And, and so you make that transition to, uh, to Ole Miss this past season and now you're getting ready to, to make a transition again and try, um, Try your hand at the professional level, but before we talk about draft prep, what stands out for you about this past season? A game, a play, a moment, uh, a venue? When you think back about this one season that you had at Ole Miss, what's going to stand out? Um, I just think I think the biggest thing that stands out is like growth. I feel like the team that I saw when I first got there in June, and then the team that walked off the field after beating Penn State was just two two completely different teams. I feel like the way that all the transfers were able to come together with the existing players and grow each and every game throughout the season, I think it was really it was really amazing. Like cuz it's something that I hadn't experienced before being at JMU. We didn't have um we didn't get like a, a major influx of transfers coming in. Uh, year in and year out. So being able to be a part of that and see that throughout the season, I think that was the most satisfying thing, just to see people grow, see people get more comfortable in the offense and in the defense and with each other and get close throughout the season. Um, that's my That was my favorite thing, part about this season. And then if I say like one moment, I would say um, 
obviously that LSU game when we won that game, that was pretty big. Uh, coming back at the end and winning that one, that was pretty cool. Um, Texas A&M when they blocked that field goal, that was, that was pretty cool too. So really, the close games where where we came through and and were able to pull it out in the end, I think those were the best moments. Isaac, how did the the relationships in the locker room develop the way they did? One of the things that that Lane Kiffin talked about a bunch throughout the course of the season was the fact that that this particular team this past year he he used the word neat a lot he's like it's really neat to watch the chemistry of this team they genuinely like each other you pointed out a second ago you start bringing in a bunch of new faces you get guys that are leaving for for a lot of teams that feels like it could lead to chaos and yet somehow you guys managed to kind of harness that and and turn it into a positive uh i think it really came down to the pro mindset and that he always, that Coach Kiffin always preaches, and then also the type of guys that you go out and get from the portal. Um, when you get guys who are on a mission, like like Ole Miss gets a lot of guys who have like one season left. They're trying to increase their stock and win games and, and move on to the next level, like a lot of us were this past season. And when you have people who have who are goal oriented and they have a mission, and they know what they want to accomplish. They're willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish that. And when a lot of people share that mindset and that goal, like a common goal throughout the season, um, it's really it's really easy to get along with people who you know are on the same path as you, trying to achieve the same things that you are. And I think that's that was the biggest component of it because it wasn't a lot of um, any of the guys who had their own agendas or were really not looking in the best interest of the team and themselves. It kind of like it they kind of got weeded out throughout the summer and then even some going into the season and throughout the season as well, um, those players didn't get rewarded for their behavior. So I feel like when you set that precedence and you allow the guys who are doing things the right way to flourish, I think that kind of uh, permeates throughout the entire team and, and creates a culture of doing the right thing to win. Visiting with Isaac Ukwu, former defensive lineman at Ole Miss, getting ready for the uh, the NFL draft and trying to further his football career. What did you learn from Pete Golding this year? I, I've spent a little bit of time around Pete, and I, I walked away honestly going, I, I have no idea what some of what he was saying means, but it sure sounded <laughs> smart in, in terms of kind of his overall knowledge of defense. What about him teaching that to uh, this first defense that he coached at Ole Miss? Yeah, it, it was a lot, honestly. Like it, the amount of defenses and plays that we learned, like on a week to week basis, was more than anything I'd experienced at JMU. Like I was, I was used to always joke with some of my teammates um, that like what we installed in one week was like half the season at, at <laughs> this is my old school at JMU. So it's like it's. Um, he's constantly making adjustments to whatever worked last week, what didn't work, and then what the team we're going against likes to do. And you playing the position I was playing because usually I was a at JMU I was a four three or four two five base defensive end, but here I was a more playing outside linebacker role. I had to know about what I had to do at the end, what I had to do as an outside linebacker, what I had to do rushing coverages, and understanding uh, route concepts and. I feel like it was really a crash course on playing defense and and learning defenses at a fast, rapid rate. And I think that's only going to prepare me better for the next level when everything is is very fast-paced. All right, so what is this process, Isaac, like for you right now? uh, you got the draft coming up in a couple of months. Obviously, Mm -hmm. 
you have a dream of playing professional football. What what feedback have you gotten, and what's your training like? So I, I mean, it, right now it's it's different because you're used to training to play football for the season in a sense like um, you're not usually you're not really it's not like training for track. You're not training for specific events. You're just training for being able to play football. But now you're you're having the regular football training, but you're also incorporating training for the specific events and specific tests that are going to be at your pro day, like the 40 and the vertical and the um, L drill and all that stuff. So it's a lot of technique work and specific details that you have to hone in on for these weeks. It's like you're spending eight weeks to focus on these set things. And that's uh, it's different than the way you're um, used to training, like for regular football. So that's been different. But I feel like throughout the weeks, I've just been getting better and better and honing my skills and the, the technique is becoming more comfortable and I'm just really, I'm really locking into it. I mean, uh, this is like the most motivated I've ever been in my life to get this done because it's within reach and it's so close. Isaac, we've only got a minute left. I'm going to go rapid fire on you. We asked Victor Kern these things last week. What, what do you think you're going to do in terms of the bench press? How, how many times with the 225? I'm definitely getting over 30. Oh, going over yeah. 30? Yeah. Okay. What's the vertical jump going to be within a couple of inches? Uh, because like my preliminary was like 34. So it's going to be between 35 and 37 probably. 40 time? 40 time? That one, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to leave that. That one's going to be – that's one that the scouts are going to have to see for themselves. It's going to be a surprise for everybody. We wish you uh, wish you all the best in your training, and uh, hope Pro Day goes exceptionally well for you, and that uh, that this is a fun process and also a rewarding one. Isaac, thanks so much for the time. Great catching up. Great visiting with you this afternoon. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Good luck to you, Isaac Ukwu, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Well, it's you and me, baby. No one else we could trust. We'll say nothing to no one. Know how we bust and never crack a smile or flinch or cry. With you, Sports Talk Mississippi, on this Wednesday afternoon, the 7th of February. Public service announcement, in case it doesn't ring a bell, one week from today, Valentine's Day. So if you got anything you need to get done between now and then, we'll try to remind you a few more times before next Wednesday. That next Wednesday, February 14th, is Valentine's Day. Got a day, Dad? You got Valentine's Day marked on the calendar? Uh... Well, it's already marked on the calendar. You buy a calendar on the 14th, it says Valentine's Day. Isn't it really? It's also Ash Wednesday. Do that too. Yeah. Which means next Tuesday is Fat Tuesday. Correct. 
For me, every Tuesday is Fat Tuesday. Oh, it used to be. Used to be. Not so much anymore. No, no. We're still working. Still chipping away. Okay. Sports Talk Mississippi yeah. with you. Thanks to Isaac Ukwu for visiting with us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Um, we've been able to visit with a few former Ole Miss players. I think tomorrow we will visit with a former Mississippi State player. Is that correct? That's correct. Jet Johnson will join us tomorrow at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Tupelo, Mississippi native that had a career that I'm not sure could have been predicted by anyone. I mean, he was phenomenal, especially in his last two seasons uh, in Starkville at Mississippi State. Look forward to that conversation tomorrow. Uh, Man, I can't wait to see what the future looks like for Jet Johnson because he is and has been a tackling machine. If the goal is to get the guy on the ground, Jet Johnson's a good guy to have on your team trying to do it. It just it just yes. makes sense. You're just going to have to excuse me for a moment, but it'll be content when I come back. I, I have a, so somebody here. They're making a drop-off for me. I'll bring it back, and I'll show you what I got. Okay, so I'll wait because, because I have something for you when you get back. I got something Very for good. you when you get back. So do what you need to do. I don't know where he's going, Borky. That's all right. Paige, if you can hear this right now and it's you and some of those aren't for me, we are no longer friends. Some food stuff? If that, that's what I think it is, Paige and her hot sauces, I left all of mine with my father, and I regret that deeply because they were so good. Mm. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of entertainment. Don't forget, you got Cool in the Gang coming up soon. At the Silver Star Convention Center, you've got Brian McKnight. And a little birdie told me today about a couple of other concert announcements that are coming later this spring and summer that you are not going to want to miss out on. Um, so stay tuned. We'll get that information to you in the very near future. The ceasefire text line is open, 601 879 Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Check them out online at ceasefire.com slash business. That's ceasefire.com slash business. You want to be part of the show? The number is 601-879-4395. That is for the Ceasefire text line. What have you, Mr. Hadid? So I made a comment about about uh, when uh, Chris Collins got thrown out the other day, right, in the Northwestern game. And I said that was like about an eight on the Stansberry scale. Twenty years ago today, no, this happened. No, stop it! I told you I had something for you. For my my friends at Pip Printing and Signs, they made this for me. This is going up in my office. We have it. I cannot believe Beast. that that is what you were going to get because what I was going to tell you was, hey, is that what you got for me? Twenty years ago today, this happened in Starkville. Very good official. Uh, he does have a short temper at times. Chris Stansberry's very hot. I don't know what was said, but certainly Rick is pushing the button here, and Carl has tossed it. Now he's walking off the floor. They don't get the choke sign. Yeah. There you go. He kind of turns around and gives it. 
So I was, I was at I that was game in Humphrey Coliseum. I was sitting courtside oh. that day, and hey, Dad, I don't know how it is possible for that building to be any louder yeah. than it was in that moment. So that's the most I've ever felt like an egg bowl at the hump. Like there was that that much energy in the stadium at that moment when when he put up the choke sign. I mean, at that point, I mean, state. If you remember that year, that's the year state was. Uh, they ended up being a two seed in the tournament. Ole Miss was not very good that year. So, and Rob, Rob Rod Barnes was still the head coach. You knew what state was going to win the game. State really made it personal with Ole Miss that day. They they, they were not happy uh, that all that had happened, and they just crushed them that day. And but that that the energy in there. I mean, that place was going. You're right. It was going absolutely crazy when he got thrown out, and that energy maintained itself throughout the game. It was sustained. So it absolutely was my sustained. favorite. My favorite part of that story is from the following day in the Clarion Ledger. Uh, I, I forget who the columnist was, but he said he talked to Stansbury after, and so he went to Ron Polk's office to sit after he's been tossed, because Polk had a TV in there. And he's sitting there. He's like, man, I'm in there. And there's all this cigar smoke in the room because Polk's in there puffing on a stogie. And he's, Polk just looked at him and goes, why are you so upset? I get thrown out of the game all the time. That's <laughs> like, that's just a great, great I story. I think that but. was from a Rick Cleveland column, I think. I think you're correct. So, And if so I anyway, remember correctly, out. Rick Stansberry came back and did his post-game press conference. And that's where he now, told I, that I do story. remember him he coming back about... on the court. Yeah. He came on on the court and got a big round of applause. So so thanks to uh, my buddy Camden over at Pip Printing. These are not for sale. As a, This is not a you know, state. They don't have the, the, the licensing agreement for this. So don't tell anybody. But uh, yeah, they gave me one. I got one for Robbie we'll just... Falk here, too. So this will go up in my office next to uh, that beautiful painting that uh, Jennifer uh, Jennifer Anderson gave us in Oxford, uh, uh, Borky. My bulldog is over there, over on this side of the office. I'll put Coach Stansberry over on the other side. Are you going to attempt to get him to sign that? If well, I mean, if State ever play Memphis down here, I guess I could make it happen. Of course, his son's here. I, you know, he's still on the basketball team, Isaac. So perhaps if he, uh, I could probably make it happen. Yeah. Was Isaac born or had just been born when that picture was taken? 20 years ago? Well, I mean, that's 20 years ago, so he was probably uh, three, a year old. maybe. Yeah, maybe two or three at the most. He's yeah. not 23 right now. Well, think about COVID, man. Everybody's got an extra year of eligibility nowadays. He's a senior, so he's maybe probably he 22. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Jack, Jack Crystal referred to his sons as Isaac, Noah, Methuselah. Of course he did. <laughs> I need Jack's oh, call of that too. I wish we had that. He had Jack had to be going crazy when that happened. So uh, that's fun. I'm glad you had that for me. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. Uh, I can't believe that that's what you had, and it was literally yeah. queued up. And I was going to play it. You're like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah but well, but it, it, it worked out for the, for the good. Yeah, it worked out for the good though. I'm very excited to have that. All good. Danny and Columbus. So mad. Yeah, he was. He was hot. I mean, he was hot. hot. Uh, Danny and Columbus says uh, Oku is a super smart dude. He gets it. 
Yeah, he, he certainly came across that. that a good way. interview. David Ripley says he really enjoyed the interview as well. Um, Michael Borky has uh, been the one that has gotten those scheduled over the last couple of weeks with some former players. And uh, <laughs> I finally got fed up today. I was like, that's three Ole Miss players. i got to well, do something here. I'm not going to read exactly the well, message I sent to you, but it was like, you know, yeah. y- you got a phone, brother. Well, the first one I was like, oh, that's cool. We got a former player. Yeah. The second one I was like, all right, yeah, former player, sure. Today I was just like, all right, enough, enough. Well, I'm glad that got you to uh, shift it into gear. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll see what great. I can do about getting some more. Hey, Borky, you got any more former players that uh, can join us? On the- you got any more of them former players? There will be another going. one next week. Oh, very good. Uh, very, very uh. good. Uh, it is neat to kind of hear these guys looking back, especially the, the transfer portal guys that, that came in for a single season. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to continue to ask the, hey, is there a moment that stands out question for you? you. Because it was the LSU game for everybody. But, but that all, was that was the one. All three of them really show you, by the way, when people are like, oh, these players don't care about the school. They're just – clearly that's not true. All three of them, one year, feel very strongly about the school they went to. This idea that transfers don't like the place they go to is wrong. I don't know, hey, Dad, maybe that's just an old Miss thing. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. Best wishes to Southern Miss men's basketball head coach Jay Ladner. Uh, Through a release from Southern Miss yesterday, it was revealed that Ladner had suffered a heart-related medical emergency yesterday morning. We don't have a ton of details, but Athletics Director Jeremy McLean issued a statement saying that Ladner is expected to make a full recovery, but but will step away from the team for the time being. His quote said, our thoughts and prayers are with Jay and his family as he works to make a full recovery. We will continue to support our coaches and student-athletes at the highest level while he is away from the team. So you hear something like that, and it's a little scary, maybe a lot scary, because I think we all have our mind go to the same place when we hear heart-related health issue. Uh, and so you hope that he can get the care that he needs there in the uh, – Greater Hattiesburg era, area and quickly be back on the sidelines for uh, his team, uh, but do so as healthily as he possibly can. That's I don't know. I, I read something like that and I'm like, ugh. Reminder: yeah. life is fragile. Just quick reminder. So, um, but our uh, our thoughts and well wishes and prayers go to Jay Ladner and his 
family as uh, he works to get healthy as quickly as he possibly can. We are about two and a half hours away from tip-off from Georgia and Mississippi State tonight at Humphrey Coliseum. It's a game that we talked about earlier in the show. And, hey, Dad, the uh, the closer it gets, the bigger it gets. It's like, all right, got to have this one. And the closer we get to it, the bigger it feels. Uh, big, big game coming up. By, by the way, Southern Miss basketball tonight at home in Hattiesburg at Reed Green hosting Old Dominion. Southern Miss 12 and 11 overall, 6 and 5 in the Sun Belt. They're five and a half point favorites over ODU, who is 6 and 17 overall and has just two conference wins in the Sun Belt. So, uh, game that Southern Miss needs to try and find a way to get tonight as they, uh, roll on in conference play. Uh, but up the road in Starkville, it's uh, Mississippi State and the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, big game. And, and as you said, you know, as we get closer and closer to it, that's going to be, you know, I, I don't know if this game is like a turning point, a fork in the road for State. Now, if they win, they keep going forward towards the NCAA tournament. But if they lose, now we're going to start asking real questions about this team. And, and you know, the idea of them being a tournament team sort of for the first time really all season long comes into doubt. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the stakes are very high in this one. State has to find a way to come out. And, and play the kind of basketball that we know that they're capable of playing. I have a uh, bit of a statistic for you. You could buy a ticket for LSU Tennessee tonight at 6 on the SEC Network, Texas A&M Missouri tonight at 8 on ESPN2 in Columbia, and... Georgia, Mississippi State, tonight at 8 on the SEC Network. You could buy a ticket for those three games for a combined $9. To get in the door at Neville Arena tonight, where they have been camped out for two days, students have been, for Alabama and Auburn, just a standing room ticket to get in the door is $203. Get in the door in Knoxville for 5 bucks. Columbia, Missouri, and Starkville, you can get in the door for 2 bucks tonight. 203 to get in the door at Neville. That scene tonight for the rematch between Alabama and Auburn is going to be incredible. Took a long time for it to get there. But it's there. It is. It is there. It, well, I, I might. I might disagree to a certain extent. Relative term, long time. It took a long time for anybody outside the state of Alabama to care that Alabama and Auburn were playing in basketball. The Iron Bowl of basketball is a big deal to people there. No, anytime Alabama and Auburn play, people fill up the arena and it's a big deal, but it's not a $200 ticket. And the stakes aren't as high as they've been. It'll be on fire tonight. Auburn laying five and a half. Uh, fishy line of the week. Nailed it, by the way. Nailed it yesterday. Almost covered the three and a half. They, they did. That's right, yeah. They did. They lost by three. Um, you're right. There are some people around the country sweating that one a little bit. 
Ooh, and then there were some people on the other side of it. They're like, "What do you mean they didn't score in the last five minutes?" Yeah, like you yeah. gotta be kidding me. Yeah, I had a seventeen point, well, a thirteen and a half point cushion in the second half. What do you mean they didn't cover? Yeah, they didn't cover. Yeah. Basketball's a funny game sometimes. That's why it's called gambling. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's also really easy to feel bad about the uh, the plays that you didn't make. Yeah, we we were sitting here yesterday, and I was thinking, kind of like Ole Miss plus the three and a half, and I really like Kentucky laying the eight and a half last night, coming off how they had been playing at Vanderbilt. Didn't parlay that. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't get either of those done. So, who do you like in these games tonight? Tennessee laying thirteen and a half at home against LSU. Big the home teams in all three. <sighs> yeah. Tennessee should cover. State will win. I don't know about eight and a half. They'll win, though, I think. And what was the other one? What's the third one? A&M at Missouri. A&M a four-and-a-half point favorite. You like, oh, you like Missouri? Forky? I meant the home teams in Starkville and He, he meant Tennessee-Auburn and oh, Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I think right. he was, when I said all okay. three, that's that's what I meant. Is, the, those are the three, three. he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I like Auburn. I like State to win. I like LSU, I like Tennessee. I would definitely take A&M on the road, though. We might have a chalky uh, night tonight. What the heck happened to Missouri, by the way? I mean, Arkansas, Vanderbilt was, I mean, they're just bad. When Jerry Stackhouse calls Ole Miss the best team that money can buy, you know he's in bad shape. So exclude them from the conversation. There's not a single person that expected Arkansas and Missouri to be as bad as they are. What happened in Missouri, though? Everybody's talking about Arkansas and the rumors that we cannot discuss on air and, and all that stuff. They're in bad, bad, bad shape. But the, the internet about... has been an unkind place, by the way, for yeah. the Arkansas basketball team. Not, not, not a good place. But because of that, people are kind of not paying attention to the fact that Missouri was a tournament team a year ago, and they stink out loud. Awful. Vanderbilt beat them. The the biggest difference is the loss of a first team All SEC fifth year player. I mean, Kobe Brown not being on Missouri has kind of changed everything about them. And I think as it has gone south, they've just they've just lost their way. You know, they're they're not great. They're clearly not confident. Fans have kind of stuck by them. Although tonight, I would imagine that Mizzou Arena looks like good seats are still available because good seats are still available. Yeah. You want to ask the question? Well, do they bounce back next year? But it's impossible to know that nowadays. Yeah. Because they could have a completely different team next year with, with the way the portal works. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, Sean East is a really good player, but he can't do it on his own. Uh, he can't do it on his own. Um. You know, Noah Carter's been pretty good for them. Nick Honor has not been very good. They've had some. Pretty significant injuries, and it just—I mean—it just has not worked. Um, they thought they were going to get a lot from Caleb Grill, the uh, transfer, and they've gotten nothing from him. Yeah, he's out of propane. But um, I'll tell you what. Yes, the. Uh, mm. I'm a dad. Okay, leave me alone. 
we say these kinds of things now. We do. We do. Do you? Yeah, as, as, as often as I can. I've been watching some Mitch Head Mitch Hedberg lately, and I just I got inspired. Yeah. Rice is a great thing to eat when you want to have 10,000 or something. <laughs> hmm. Richard, you, you don't know who that is, do you? You're going to have to run that by me again. I was trying to make he, sense of a text message. Mitch Hedberg, he's a, a late stand-up comedian that gave – I mean, his delivery was just – so perfect. He very cheesy one-liner jokes that just for some reason hit every single time. Very very funny guy. Um, lost his life too soon because of addiction issues. But um, classic classic comedian. You should watch him. I think you'd find him funny. Okay, I'll uh, have to check that out. I'll do it just as soon as you watch Karate Kid. I'm going to send you a video right now in the break. You can't you you can't avoid it. It's going to hit that inbox, buddy. Oh, you, you think something being in my inbox means anything? <laughs> I cleared 1,500 Gmails yesterday. Yeah, uh, I, I, I've, I've got a bunch. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Oh, it's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Got some good news from our friends at uh, Genteel Apparel earlier today. They have stabilized their operations and have kind of gotten to a spot where they can begin receiving all of their spring orders that will then help populate the website and will go out to all of their retailers uh, across the uh, southeast and the United States. They're hoping to be back fully operational by um, toward the end of next week. And then by March 1st, kind of have the website rolling again as well. So that certainly is good news. Uh, many of you have been very kind and asking about the progress for them, and so I just thought I'd pass along an update. We'll have some more specific information for you coming up uh, in the next few weeks, but thankful uh, that they've been able to kind of steady the uh, the ship, so to speak, and kind of get things moving in the uh, in the right direction. One last time with you this afternoon on uh, on Sports Talk Mississippi. A lot of good stuff from you on the uh, the ceasefire text line today. I really hope that you have enjoyed our National Signing Day coverage today. It's one of the biggest days on the calendar. The the first Wednesday in the month of February, it it should be a national Uh. holiday. I don't know why it isn't. Um, But we've worked really hard to make sure that you have had the wall-to-wall coverage, not only that you want, but that you deserve. And uh, we appreciate it very much. all the folks that have Did contributed. Did Ole Miss get anybody? I have no idea. I don't think so. Kiffin didn't even have a press conference today. Other schools, their coaches still yeah. did one. Kiffin, I mean, they, oh, they just didn't even bother. Yeah. The Levy, they just sent us some quotes from Levy for the two guys that they picked up today. Who'd they get? Uh, well, one of them they knew about, right? San Francisco McGee, he was already committed. His school, Macomb High School, they did their signing day ceremony today. So he decided to wait to officially sign or announce his signature to do it with his classmates. So McGee was already in the boat, but there he goes. 
The other one is an interesting one. His name is Josiah Knight, four-star outside linebacker from uh, from Florida, from the Tallahassee area. He signed with Illinois in December. Mm-hmm. Was announced at a basketball game as an early enrollee, but apparently never enrolled. Uh, some sort of issue there, so got back into the uh, the eligible player portal. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a transfer. It doesn't count as a transfer. I don't believe. I think he was just released from his NLI. You remember when NLI was a thing? <laughs> now it's NIL. Anyway, I uh, visited State last weekend and uh, signed today. So add him to State's uh, 2024 class. Should finish around. It's going to be right at the top 25, depending on where you look. Which, when you think about where Levy, where that class was when Levy arrived, that's that's a heck of a job by him to get back to that point. Yeah, yeah, they did they did some good work in a short amount of time to, um, I I I don't mean this. I I started to say kind of patchwork or piecemeal it together, but I think that's doing a disservice to the job they did. I think it was far better. Than just patchworking yeah. it or, or piecemealing oh, yeah. it at this point of the process. Um, I mean, they, they especially on the added, offensive side of the ball. Yeah, just just from the high school perspective, three four star receivers, a four star quarterback, uh, the top junior college running back in the country, um, and then from the transfer perspective on the offensive side, you go out and get you know veteran quarterback. You get a couple of of proven receivers, and you I think you really retooled your offensive line with four guys who have a potential to start for you next year. Hey, I don't know um, if we got to get some Joe Boo dolls or what, but we got to get this baseball thing turned around. Baseball America dropped its predicted order of finish for the SEC this year. In the Eastern Division, they had Florida, followed by Vandy and Tennessee, then South Carolina, Kentucky, Georgia, and Missouri. On the uh, the Western Division side, LSU, reigning national champs, Arkansas, Texas A&M, three, Auburn, four, Alabama, five, Ole Miss six and Mississippi State seven. That is no bueno. I said this on what is tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. I'll say it here now. If that holds, we will have two coaching searches to talk about next year. Or next uh, next May or mid-May, whenever. Mm. I know for sure one, and I feel pretty confident about the other one. I'm not, I don't think I agree with you on that, but it's okay. What do you know about Ole Miss baseball, though? I mean, come That's a good point. Be honest with ourselves here. Uh, when we uh, when we press the button to end this program in about a minute, Borky will go home, Richard go, will go home, and uh, Hey Dad will sit and work a little while longer. Actually, Borky's already gone. Right. Headphones off. He's out. He's done. He got nothing else. Uh, I've got karate class that I've got to get to. First one. Oh, he's got karate class, so, but he won't watch the Karate Kid. Oh, it's not for me. I'm just saying. Strike first, strike hard. No mercy, sir. I can't hear you. Anyway, thunder and lightning. Brian Haydad with Coleman Hutzler. Coleman Hutzler. As guest, defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Uh, You may want to stick in for that. So it's, uh, it's all coming up. Can't believe that you... Is it just principle now that you won't watch Karate Kid? I just never think about it after the show ends. I never think about it. It is a cinematic masterpiece. Just text him one day at like 8 o'clock at night and just say, hey, now, watch it. Thanks for being with us for Michael Borky and Brian. Hey, Dad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night. 
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 